Goatdale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, and another wild, whimsical sort of Wednesday for Torch Report 502, the global ban on green M&Ms. Friends, given their obsession with ruling your life, this one still might shock you. But before we get into this shocking ban on green M&Ms, I want to uh, I wanted to just kind of toss out a few things going on in the world today, continuing on the heels of the globalists' fanatical climate escapades. I want to start today uh, by highlighting some indications that perhaps more and more people are beginning to wake up. People are beginning to question the narrative. It seems that human curiosity once again has been stimulated by the repeated smacking in the face of, well, humanity. But consider the, uh, the implications of these headlines here, friends. Uh, January 6th was a mostly peaceful protest. Now, this is a headline that's out there. It's proven by the thousands of hours of footage that are now circulating that completely destroy the narrative around J6. Here's another one. Did Deutsche Bank just destroy the New York AG's case against Donald Trump? It turns out that uh, the systematically important global bank was not defrauded by Donald Trump, according to their very own testimony. Once again, the narrative implodes. Third headline here, not only can Trump win, right now he's the favorite to win. So there you go, friends, love him or loathe him, more Americans are pinning their hopes on Donald Trump than anyone else in the field by far. And so what we see from these three headlines here is that in reality, Donald Trump continues to gain traction despite the inconceivably corrupt tactics that have been deployed against him uh, for the last five, six years or so, more, whatever. So, you know, furthermore, what we find here is a stalwart example of what democracy actually look like, looks like, wherein the, uh, you know, the people have spoken and the people are standing by their man. Matter of fact, even the, uh, the leaders of Black Lives Matters is now backing Donald Trump. That's a shock to a lot of people. Black Lives Matter, the leaders of that, backing Donald Trump, given the fact that Trump was responsible, I quote, for, responsible for creating the most prosperity fi- for minority voters in American history, period, end quote. Therefore, liberals can either eat shit or they can wake up and smell the roasted narrative. But friends, this is not the only good news of the day. It may seem a bit morbid, but chalking up a sudden surge in cardiac arrests and this fresh set of historical highs for heart attacks among otherwise healthy people, this too is good news. It means that more and more doctors are starting to come out and connect the dots between this post-pandemic phenomenon and the experimental death jabs that uh, they've been doling out for the last couple of years. So I think that's good news, as bleak as it may be. Once again, it means that the narrative is beginning to implode. Now, in a similar vein, uh, today I saw some recent peer-reviewed studies out that are now showing people who consistently wore their masks. They masked up because they were good humans. They wore their masks the entire pandemic, a.k.a. they were happy to put on their face diapers. Those schmucks actually had a 33% higher chance of contracting COVID-19. 
Thus, it would appear that the countless cycles of self-contamination via, you know, itchy, scratchy, moving the mask and the prolonged effect of breathing in a bacteria-filled Petri dish have finally started to pierce the statistical satire that was promulgated by the state propaganda for the last three years. <laughs> oh, friends, I, you know, this COVID stuff, they don't want to let it go. Uh, we're going to get to some headlines here in a second. But th- this is heartwarming for me uh, to see that there, there's studies coming out, peer-reviewed studies, man, showing that 33% higher chance of contracting the virus, man, if you wore your mask, man. It's heartwarming for anyone and everyone who chose to inspect the last century's worth of evidence and decided not to comply with the utterly dehumanizing and worthless mask mandates. Uh, Despite the fact that we were treated like a bunch of lepers within the community, uh, and I I think that this new evidence that's coming to light is going to shock the mask Nazis who persist to this day. But it still blows me away, friends. It just blows me away that people don't realize masks are worthless. It's mathematically impossible. People don't realize... Uh, that that not everybody had to wear a mask. Not everybody chose to wear a mask. In reality, nobody had to wear a mask, even though there were uh, some 39 states that forced the masking insanity upon the population for various lengths of time. I think it's worth pointing out here that there were still 11 states, 11 states, states, mind you, that never imposed mask mandates to begin with. And now that we have some history to look back upon, history has proven that these 11 states that never imposed mass mandates, well, they proved to do just fine. Keep that in mind, friends, as we watch the media starting to roll out its next fear campaign, a small slew of headlines here. Hands, face, space, hands, face, space. China brings back masks and social distancing in a chilling echo of lockdowns over a mysterious new out. Break. China supplies data to the WHO about clusters of respiratory illness. Fresh epidemic fears as child pneumonia cases surge in Europe after the China outbreak. Winter season fuels COVID surge in the United States of America. Friends, we've been warned repeatedly that the next pandemic is just a matter of time. And unfortunately, for most people, the pandemic is so far in the rear view mirror They seem to have forgot about the fact that they lost all of their liberties, even their right to breathe freely as a human being. And that was just a few years back. You know, mask mandates? Oh, come on. That wasn't so bad. I mean, what's the big deal, man? Just mask up. Be a good human. Do your part, you know? Is is the mask thing, is that really the hill you want to die on? You remember those conversations, friends? Forgive the rant here, uh, but, but for me personally... The answer was and always will be since the very beginning, yes, I will fight and die to breathe freely without a mask on my face, a worthless mask. Now, if the masks were helpful, I'd gladly mask up, but, you know, they're not, and that says a hundred years of science. So anyway, you know, anyone, I think, who tries to cover my face and hide my smile and restrict my breathing can expect to be met with deadly force. There's no chance in hell I will ever wear a mask. I would personally uh, rather starve to death and die alone in the wilderness than mask up like a schmuck. Now, that's been my attitude and nothing's changed. But again, forgive the rant here, friends. Uh, Might end up going just a little long to get back around to the green M&M agenda. But first, uh, I think the fact that there is fresh evidence 
On top of the 100-plus years of irrefutably solid scientific evidence, the blue ribbon randomized controlled trials that show that masks do not work, not only do they not work, but masks actually have a, a measurably harmful effect. Masks make the threat of getting and spreading the disease even worse. And I think it's good news that that's coming out. You know, with any luck, it will make a few more people wake up before the next wave. And thus, as with the liberals having to stomach the fact that Donald Trump's indestructible lead in the polls is perhaps the purest of all examples of how actual democracy works, so too does the bitter reality that masks are utterly worthless and they have measurably harmful effects, as I've been saying for the last two years, you know, uh, that, that reality come, is coming crashing through the carefully maintained delusions that have been getting spoon-fed to the sheeple for the last three years. The fact that we still see people wearing masks, driving alone in their car with their masks on or with the windows down, walking along alone on a sunny sidewalk with their masks on. We see people wearing masks, friends, and it's proof of how powerful the propaganda is. The propaganda works and the effects of propaganda are both resilient and stubborn. <laughs> and I, just to drive a stake through the heart of this unruly urge to slap a mask back on everybody uh, with all these headlines coming out again, we're going to be hearing it. I know we will. Uh, all the good humans in the world are going to mask back up. But get a load of this headline from New York Times. New York Times says the mask mandates did nothing. Will any lessons be learned? Curious liberals, listen up. The mask mandates did nothing. Will any lessons be learned? You know, when the old guard liberal rag admits the truth, well then, you know, it must be the truth. <laughs> that said, friends, let's go ahead and zoom out, shall we? Zoop, we go way out. Because, you know... As much as I enjoy gloating about all this good news, uh, there are other things happening in the world today, not the least of which is the United Nations climate-crazy extravaganza and their insidious plot to warp reality in such a way as to justify proportioning billions of peasants, you know, reducing the human population and all that. So, as we discussed yesterday, these sick bastards are grooming and exploiting children in the run-up to this event, and they plan on using these brainwashed youths as the tip of the proverbial spear. But today, I think we need to discuss how the rest of us, how the rest of the whole of humanity is set to get the shaft. <laughs> Friends, what I want to focus on here is the methods of their madness. How are so few people able to wield so much influence? How are so few people able to convince the majority of global leaders to buy into their schemes. Why are there not more people in leadership positions who are willing to stand up and call out all of this insanity? Those are the questions rolling around in my mind. And of course, the pad answer would be that the global leaders are just trusting the science and the experts and... There's really no doubt that many of the, you know, the useful idiots in leadership positions who are gathering for the World Climate Action Summit and all of that, they've bought into the bunk and the junk science hook, line, and sinker. They believe it as sure as a Baptist believes the Bible. But that still doesn't answer the question as to how so many leaders have been so brainwashed to believe such hogwash that they can no longer even question the climate narrative. 
And I think to understand how this has happened, we need to draw upon a few facts as revealed in previous reports by yours truly, recalling that language controls behavior, and that's what makes the narrative so powerful, we need to hearken back to Torch Report 65, the responsibility to protect. Now, this is from February 2022, mind you. And in Torch Report 65, the responsibility to protect, I reflected, or I was reporting on the actual techniques that are being used to cultivate these new patterns of language and these new ways of thinking. And so I'm just going to share just a short excerpt here from Torch Report 65. We learn that using sophisticated techniques like horizon scanning, capacity building, and the Delphi method, the global elites have been very successful at implementing their agenda, building the scaffolding of total control in an incremental and systematic way. It's worth noting these strategies were developed by military and intelligence agencies who are developing weapons of psychological warfare. In a nutshell, friends, that's the excerpt there. Okay, horizon scanning, capacity building, the Delphi method. This is how they they create these feedback loops of propaganda that reprogram the way that leaders think. In a nutshell, and this is, again, getting into the method of it here, by using very structured question and answer sessions. Matter of fact, the the links are in there. If you want to go and check it out, we're looking at .gov, .mil uh, websites here as far as the horizon scanning, capacity building, and Delphi method. And you'll hear capacity building used over and over again in the globalist literature. But never mind that. Uh, The details here. The the details. Luke, get to the point, damn it. Uh, These structured Q&A sessions get leaders to answer questions, and in doing so, They kind of give up their inner workings by answering the surveys. And the language contained in their responses can then be analyzed and deconstructed and then fed back to them in a new series of questions that are designed ultimately to elicit peer pressure and groupthink. Well, everybody else said this. Do you still feel that way? You know, this is how they build consensus. And this then allows them to Uh, quote, build capacity because they're getting leaders of various countries and organizations and all that on board with the vision. So they build consensus that builds capacity because now they've got the resources of these organizations uh, at the disposal of those who are wielding the vision, which brings us to the great green M&M heist. Friends, you might Imagine it like this. It's just a, you know, kind of a fun, silly, hypothetical thought experiment, but I think it it will make clear how this actually happens. Imagine it like this. One group of quacks wants to get the whole world on board with their vision for eliminating green M&Ms. Now, knowing full well that lots of peasants really enjoy green M&Ms, and that puts a certain degree of political pressure on the elected leaders to protect green M&Ms, This group of quacks decides to host an extravagant event wherein global leaders are lavished with praise for being enlightened leaders. They receive the full red carpet treatment and they're distinguished as excellencies. Now, pause for a second and just think, well, what leader in the world wouldn't want to attend that kind of event? That's kind of like a swanky Davos event. Man, I'm an enlightened leader. I I am an excellency, as a matter of fact. Yes, I, I think I should probably attend this meeting. And so the leaders sign up, egos having been stroked and all. And as a part of the process, the leaders get a survey 
about the health of their constituents. And the questions in the survey go along the lines of, what are some of the sugary snacks in your country that are fueling the epidemic of obesity, diabetes, and preventable death? Hmm, tell me. And the leaders, they all get this question, right? What are the sugary snacks that are fueling the epidemic of obesity, diabetes, and preventable death? And the responses come in, and the responses are compiled and analyzed by the psychologists and the propagandists, who then use them to form the next survey. And they send out the next survey that says something like this. It says, responses from leaders around the world indicate that small, snackable sweet snacks, like M&Ms, for example, are driving an epidemic of preventable death and skyrocketing health care costs that are burdening public health around the globe. What can your country do to keep people safe from this risk and save lives? Mmm, now the wheels are really turning. What can we do to, to save people from this risk and save lives? You know, and again, each leader is going to respond in kind, circumstances being slightly different and all that. And meanwhile, a secretly funded series of studies suddenly sprouts out of nowhere, indicating that the specific dye used in green M&Ms is known to cause cancer in the state of California and beyond. <laughs> Now, for the, uh, the third round of preparation for the conference, the quacks, being the methodical and meticulous planners that they are, they, 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 take, they, they draw upon the responses from the previous two surveys as guidelines on how best to introduce this new groundbreaking science. And though, uh, so another survey goes out. And perhaps uh, now this time the, the survey is labeled it's a note to our esteemed excellencies. And it might read something like this. Esteemed excellencies, based on extensive input from world leaders on the emerging science of cancer-causing candies, citing clinical research that indicates green M&Ms are the primary source of preventable deaths and disease, noting the responsibility of global leaders to reduce risk, keep people safe, and save lives. Expert scientific consensus now indicates the urgent need to reduce planetary consumption of green M&Ms to mitigate the threat of a catastrophic public health crisis. We hereby call on global leaders from the public and private sector to stand together and lead the way in saving lives by implementing policies and public messaging campaigns that reduce or eliminate the consumption of green M&Ms by the end of the year. To urgently address this emerging crisis, global leaders will voluntarily report production and consumption data to the newly formed Global Green M&M Reduction Task Force. Only by working together through collective effort can we keep this toxic product off the shelf keep people safe and save lives never has there been a more urgent need for countries of the world to work together to prevent death and disease associated with the unjust production of green M&Ms in order to prevent the untimely collapse of our severely strained global health care systems your pledge of support to this most noble cause at the upcoming conference is a signal to the world of your impeccable leadership and concern for citizens everywhere, especially the most vulnerable among us. Will you kindly prepare 
a few public remarks to demonstrate your solidarity with this life-saving green M&M initiative. Leaders from around the world have already done so, and you are invited to stand with them and speak out against this plight upon humanity. If you have any questions about what to say, we have templates available for your convenience. Have your staff contact our staff. Your Excellency, please don't miss out on this opportunity to show the world how excellent your leadership truly is. <laughs> oh, friends, I'm just having fun. As, as ridiculous as the green M&M agenda may seem, this is exactly how the global consensus is formed, how global leaders are persuaded to support ridiculous ideas like the radical environmental agenda packed within the sustainable development goals. And I just, you know, if you want to get a taste of the actual language being poured into the heads of global leaders, uh, you might enjoy reading their opening letter. I put the link at the end of the report. It is actually addressed to the excellencies. That's not a joke. Uh, it lays out their vision for our collective future. But in the interest of time, we're going to have to tackle that one tomorrow, friends. Uh, <clears throat> until then, resist we must. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, thetorchreport.com, thetorchreport.com. Click the heart. Find the heart. Click the heart. Give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this wild, whimsical Wednesday, friends. Stay wise, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. 